I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker, and normally you'd hear from Michael Glassman. However, Michael's not with us today. He's not feeling really well, so it's just just me. And uh, I wanted to talk to you all about how to create a landscape on a shoestring. And I'm going to use the example of clients that I saw today. There are many possibilities when you're creating a landscape in terms of cost, which means in terms of which materials you use. I know we've touched about this uh, on this subject um, here and there, Michael and I, but I want to give you a, a, an exact example from what happened just a little while ago. So normally when I see clients, I go out and um, I meet them and we're in the yard that, that they want done and looking around and I listen, they're telling me what they want. Oh, we want an overhang here because our yard is so small and our house is so small that we want to sort of have an outdoor structure. And, and then it goes on from there. And one of the first things I do, of course, is I look around the yard and I look at where the sun is going to set, where it comes up, which plants are there that are staying, which are not, and then what's there. So in this particular yard, they had a small wood deck that they and their friends had built. But um, as I walked up the deck to check it out, the, the stairs were a little too high. They were over seven inches. And that's something I want to talk about um, because that's difficult with people. Um, if you're getting older or if you have any knee problems, you don't want to have stairs too high. But let's talk first about the pergola. They wanted an outside area where they could um, watch programs, have parties, and their yard was quite small. So what I did is I walked off 12 feet, first of all. 12 feet is the minimum amount of space you're going to need if you're going to have a patio with a table and chairs where people could pull out their chairs and not fall into the landscape. So we have enough room there to go 12 feet by 14 feet because um, this was a shallow yard, but a little bit longer as well. Now, as far as overhangs go, or pergolas, whatever you want to call it, you could do, like some of the homes that are very upscale and fancy, and they're stucco with tiled roofs, and they want an overhang to match that. Well, then you'll have a building contractor come and um, build that, but before that, you're going to need um, engineered plans. And um, when you're said and done with a structure like that, you're in the thirty dollars or $40,000 range just for the structure. Now, a lot of people, especially right now during this whole year of uh, pandemic and changes in the economy, they don't have $40,000 just for one overhang. So let me talk about some of the alternatives. Okay, so what I use quite often is called a non-wood overhang. And what it is, it's coated aluminum. And I believe it's electroplated, so it's not going to peel. Now, I'm not talking trailer park, okay? That's a long time ago, um, metal overhangs where people think, yeah, no. And sorry to, there's a lot of wonderful trailer parks. I don't mean to say it that way. But anyway, um, a non-wood overhang is going to run, at least here um, in the Northern California area, around $13 to $16 per square foot. Now, 
If you were to build something solid out of redwood with exposed beams, um, you're looking at, I don't know, 28 to $35 per square foot versus $16 a square foot. So there's a big difference there. And with these people, um, I also ask, well, what do you want as a base? Now, if you have a base, um, you have to decide which kind of base you want. And so the cheapest, least expensive base would be a crushed rock. So crushed rock, though, could tear up any furniture legs that you have. It's rock. They're shards. So um, so that was out. And then they already had a DG path there, it, it, uh, which is decomposed granite. And it had been there when they bought the house. And the problem is that their dogs get it in their toes, their little paws, and they track it in the house. So decomposed granite, even though it's a less expensive alternative for a base, it's not the most ideal for tracking it in the house, especially if you have wood floors, just they're going to be all scratched up. So um, they were thinking they're going to do concrete, which concrete would be the next step up. Now there's regular concrete and then there's concrete with pigment added. That's not much more expensive. There's concrete with pigment and stamping. So you could stamp the concrete to look like stone, brick, wood. It's amazing how many finishes are available for concrete. Then the next step up from that would be pavers, paver blocks. And um, paver blocks are manufactured, but before they go in, you have to excavate. They have a, a, sub, um, a subsurface, and then they get vibrated in. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more than, um, than what you may want to do or not. They're really beautiful. And then the next step up from that is to have a flagstone patio. And I'm talking about flagstone set on a concrete base and mortar joints. That's the most expensive. But if you were to take the flagstone and get rid of the concrete base and put it in decomposed granite, that's a lot less expensive. And then you have this beautiful stone. They also make a decomposed granite with a what's called a polymer in it. So it's almost like grout. So you could get you could set the patio to where there's no little pieces of decomposed granite rolling around. So in this case, they were going to do concrete. And then for the overhang, I thought, well, let's do this. I love the idea of um, kind of a shed roof, which means it's taller at the front and a little bit lower in the back. Just enough of a slope that when water hits it, it will drain off the back. And that way, when the water drains off the back, hopefully you've thought ahead and you put drains at the base of the pergola in the, in the um, soil, and that will take it out. But now, most people use four by four beam uh, posts. That's fine for a small pergola. If you're going to have something any bigger than a 12 by 12 or 12 by 14, you're going to need to go to the next step up, which are six by six inch beams, standing beams. Those beams, if you're using redwood, they could cost several hundred dollars a piece. So we're talking about on a budget here. So I'm going to say four by four. And then we're going to build the structure with four posts, which that as well has to be uh, permitted. Okay. So you know, if you want to just build a pergola and not tell anybody, um, you're taking your chances. Also, if you sell the house, you know, there's that too. And if anything happens, if a strong wind comes and that pergola flips itself over the fence and destroys your neighbor's yard, that's your, it's not insured because it was never permitted. So really think about it. It's, it's worth it. In, in Northern California, again, I can only speak about where we're at. 
you're looking in the $500 range for a permit. Not so bad. So you set your posts, you build the wood frame above, and now here's my favorite thing to, um, to put on as a cover. If light is something that you'd really like to have, because when you build an overhang and you do a solid cover, um, it's going to be dark in there. So I like to use what's called polycarbonate. Polycarbonate is, um, well, the old name for it is lucite. But it's polycarbonate is, is a plastic, but it's stronger than glass. And who'd want to put glass up there anyway? It would just be a mess. This polycarbonate, and you could look it up, you could Google it. Um, it's been used for years. People use it for greenhouses, um, sheds, all kinds of things. And it's actually like a waffle pattern. It has air vents running the length of it. You could get any length you'd like, but normally they come in a three-foot um, width where I get it from. I'm in Sacramento, Tap Plastics is one area, but there's a lot of online companies. They come in different colors as well. And polycarbonate is not expensive. And it could give you what looks like almost a glass roof. And so you have the light coming in and they have these um, plastic pieces that join them together. And when you're done, it looks very modern and it looks very clean. And you've spent nowhere near 50,000, 40,000, 30,000. In fact, you could probably get away with it if you're building it yourself. You can get away with it probably for $2,500. If you're having contractors do it, you're, poor, you're more, I'd say $5,000, depending. So now we have this pergola. And they said, well, you know, our neighbors, they have this really ugly structure right next to the fence. You know, we want to cover that. So here's another way. You could keep the pergola a couple feet away from the fence and plant it. You could use plants that grow tall and evergreen like podocarpus, thuya emerald. You could do trellises with um, evergreen vines like star jasmine. Or what I suggested, and I've done this before at the home show, you could stretch a very heavy painter's canvas across it and down. And when you get it nice and tight, that can also be an outdoor screen if you're going to watch movies at night. So it's very easy and it's very inexpensive. I also said that now that you have a structure that's solid overhang, you know, overhead, um, you could have your television in there. You could put a counter in there. Hey, you know, the wife said, oh, if I put a counter in a bar, he's going to be out here. No. You want to, at the beginning, plan for everything. If you put a counter, put a little refrigerator, whether you drink alcohol or not. When you have a party, it's so convenient to fill the refrigerator instead of people having to walk into your house, out of your house, in the house, out of the house. So anyway, you can have everything you want at a much a cheaper cost. Now, for outdoor kitchens, again, you could spend 10000 50000 100000 You could buy a grill that costs you $400, or you could buy a grill that costs you $6,000. Really, it depends on what you want and what your budget is. For a low budget, my favorite thing to do is to get the grill you like, whether it's standing. Um, if, if it's a low budget, you're going to have a standing one. We're not going to do a built-in. So you have a standing one, and then I've often gone to Ikea and bought their stainless steel carts for under $200, and when you put the stainless steel cart with shelves and it rolls next to the barbecue, you've got your outdoor kitchen. You don't have to spend a fortune. And these are the times where everyone's working at home, when the kids are at home. So 
you could build these and you're not building uh, with, you know, cheaply where it's going to fall apart, but you're building it with materials that you can afford. That's what I'm talking about. So in this small yard, we can fit the pergola and um, a place that's outdoor dining, movie watching, uh, party drinks in this 12 by 14 space with a with a um, with either a polycarbonate top or a metal top. And the metal top, I'm not talking about the corrugated, you know, the ones with the ripples. There's there's regular metal roofing and it comes in all different colors. And anywhere from Home Depot to Lowe's to online sites carry this. And that if you do want something that's completely solid, keep the sun out, I would use metal. And then you have a shed roof and it's very contemporary looking as well. So that's the easy way and the least expensive way of doing something that looks really modern and having a, a, a whole new room basically in your yard. And then in this, so in the same yard, like I said, to start with, they had this deck and the deck was built and they said, yeah, it was our first attempt and, you know, it was built really well. However, again, the steps were too high. And um, she, the wife said, and when the sun goes down, it just beats into here. What can we do? So I thought what can be is from the deck, I'm building a new deck, we could raise the posts up and sort of make a frame. If you can imagine two standing posts and it connected overhead. Okay, so there's three pieces of wood and then another piece of wood that goes back to their house and then another piece. So it's almost like a square, but what I've done is just built a frame. Now, with that frame, you could buy for $20 a roll of bamboo. You could get it at the stores, it's rolled up, it's, it's, it's very lightweight um, bamboo, it rolls out, but if you were to put a couple layers on top, you've got what looks like and what's called a palapa. You've probably seen palapas um, when you see pictures of uh, Hawaii and Costa Rica and all these tropical places, palapas. And um, so for something, um, something to really mitigate that heat beating against your house and inexpensive, you could use the rolls of bamboo. You could also buy bamboo that you roll up, you know, um, like a sunscreen on, on the side. But these are things that when the winter comes, you could take them down. You can have the light. You don't have to have a permanent structure. And there's no permit required for that. They do have an older garage. In fact, the house was built in, I think, 1919. In, in our area, and probably yours, before you tear anything down, a garage, a structure, Check in with the building department because chances are it could be part of a historical property. Um, you never know. And so uh, they want you to keep either the integrity of the look or something like that. But again, just just don't start tearing down. You really want to plan it first. But they do have this little garage and it's kind of a workshop and an office for the husband. And what I think a great thing to do is on the side of the solid wall, if you were to have a contractor or a, a garage company come and cut that open and put in glass uh, garage door that rolls up, now you have this outdoor office shed and it's looking onto the pergola. So a very small yard that had an old funky garage now becomes this really cool modern place to hang out in. And there's space. Yay! 
if you have a tiny yard, space is so important. And this is a way to have space without cluttering all these elements in. Because it's really important when you're looking out a window, walking out the door, that your eye has this peaceful view in front of you. So if there are a million things stacked here and there, not going to work. Very often I see, I see, um, I see landscapes that homeowners have done. I know homeowners have done this and here's why. Um, a lot of people are going drought tolerant here. And in fact, oh, we're going into 70 degrees in the middle of winter. We've had very little water. So water is such an important concern here. But when, when you, when you do your own front landscape, if you haven't planned it and really know how to make a flow and you pop things everywhere, it's helter skelter. There's just, your eye goes everywhere. So you want to make sure that you could do your own landscape. Absolutely. But you need a flow, either a walkway that meanders from your front door to the street. So many times there are no walkways. And if there's cars parked in the driveway, you're, you're out on the sod. You get out of the car, you're in the you're in the sod, and then you have to walk across. So consider that. If you don't need a walkway or you already have a walkway, meandering cobble stream. That's a way to create flow. And then with your plant, simple rule, you start with the trees. Where do you need shade? And then next, you start with your big shrubs. Where do you need screening? But as you come down to that middle walkway or that cobble stream, things should get no higher than 18 to 22 inches. You don't want giant things next to a path and you don't want giant things in front of your window unless you want privacy. Um, so you want it to grade down. I spent a lot of time in England visiting the gardens and Michael has too. Michael did his studies there. And when I first saw the gardens there, it was, it was like walking through the Louvre. It was just, the gardens were magnificent. They're, they were perfect. But we don't garden like that. But what I did learn is how they structure their landscapes. So you want to go with the big structures in the back and then graduate down. There's a whole lot more to it. But anyway, that's a rule of thumb. Back to the backyard. Now these clients, they want to get rid of the decomposed granite path. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put Arizona flagstone in decomposed granite. It will be beautiful. The dogs won't track it in. So now I've got a a concrete base for the pergola. I have a pergola with a shed roof metal on the side of the house. We're going to do four by fours with polycarbonate so they can have sort of a sunroom. This is a tiny yard, but we could still do it all. But in the middle between the pergola and the garage, it's going to be an open space. There's going to be some grass because they have three dogs. So I could put all kinds of things there, but I don't want to. I'm going to let the borders the back and the two sides meander with plants and leave that middle part open. They're not gaining space, but it looks like they're gaining space. And so often design has to do with the trick of the eye. Japanese gardens are a great example of this. Sometimes they'll put an element that's larger close up front to give you the illusion of depth. That's something different. Don't try it unless you really know what you're doing. So that's really easy. I just want to make it really clear that you could have really almost all the elements that you want in an outdoor backyard, living room, living space. Pools are very expensive. You can get the blow up kind, you can do the trough, but remember, whatever you use to do a, um, a makeshift pool, that water 
has to be clean. You just, it's when the sun hits it, you've got bacteria. So you have to be careful with that. So I know there's a, you know, a lot of cheap ways of doing things, but you have to make sure there's a way to drain it and clean it. So if you do want a pool, there you go. Another easy thing to have is a water feature. You could buy an urn that's already set up to um, just recirculate the water up and down into its little bowl. All you need is a plug, hopefully a GFI if you're outside. And then you could make your own. You could go online and see so many different creative ideas how people have taken oh, old antique brass buckets and sealed it and um, you know put a, a rubber ring in the bottom with a hose and the hose is attached to the pump and the pump might be in a basin right under the ground with a screen on it and it, it's just recirculating. There's so many great ways to do this. And I think a lot of us have, well, I don't, but a lot of people at home have more time on their hands to do some of these projects. I'm out in everyone's yard because um, everyone's living, so many people are living at home. And just like this couple said, we realized we tried doing things ourselves. And then we realized, you know, we're here, we're here to stay. We're working outside now or at home. We want to be able to use our outside for these spaces. And I'm totally with that. Because if you were to add a room or space on your house, you're looking at thousands and thousands of dollars, 70000 and up. But if you're looking to add an outdoor room, you're not looking nearly at that price. Again, it depends. It depends on your materials. That's why I wanted to speak about this today. And it also um, depends on who's doing it. If it's a DIY project, it's going to be a lot less expensive. If you're going to have a contractor, it's going to be more expensive. However, the contractor has a crew and strong men with strong backs and women. And um, not only that, when you have a licensed contractor install a landscape, they have a, a warranty. So the contractors I work with, they warranty the plants, they warranty everything that they do. So if something goes wrong, they're back. There's a limited warranty, but still it's there. It's there for an entire season. So um, if you're going to do it yourself, that's fine. If you're going to hire a contractor, that's also fine. With When it comes to materials like soil and decomposed granite and flagstone, there are rock yards. Rock yards are really cool places to hang out because there's every type of rock. But... The bigger the rock, the more amazing it looks, the heavier, the more expensive. And you have to think about the logistics of getting it into whatever space you want to get it into. But most of these rock yards have um, a deal that says if you buy five or more yards of something, let's say soil or lava rock or bark or whatever, the delivery is free. So that's something else you need to plan ahead. That's why I really advocate if you want to do this yourself. Design your own yard. Measure first. You need to measure. You need to know how many square feet, how many linear feet you have. And then you could actually order materials the right amount for that. Materials are heavy. When you're shoveling that and you've gotten almost to the end and you're missing like a 10 by 3 foot patch, ugh, you've got to go get more. And you don't need five yards anymore, so you're going to have to pay that extra amount. So um, think before you do it, plan, draw, or hire a landscape designer like myself, like Michael, like anyone in your area with references and hopefully with photos from uh, the jobs that they've created online. You really want to find a match with someone that could um, 
work with you within your budget and, and do the type, the type of landscape that you're looking for. And very often you'll see it on their website. Um, and that's how you would choose them after you meet with them and see if it's a fit. So whether you're doing it by yourself or you're going to hire a designer, you want to have some idea of what you want. And so the Internet is an absolutely wonderful tool now for, let's say, Pinterest, House, H-O-U-Z-Z. I have boards on both, and I put up boards of things that I think are wonderful and different ideas, and um, you're welcome to use any of those ideas. And there are usually le less expensive ways of doing what you're seeing instead of what they did. So uh, that's why I wanted to talk about materials. With retaining walls, um, there are paper blocks that are manufactured for retaining. If you're going to use big boulders, you can only go up, let's say, two feet before you're going to start needing engineering. And the same with the walls. Once you get over five feet, you're going to need those engineered too. So these are not things that you normally would take on by yourself. But I just want to encourage you, all of you, to do something wonderful and use the space. Your square footage is not just your indoors. It's your outdoors as well. And I get it. It's snowing. People are buried in the Midwest and in the East in some places. However, once that snow is gone, you could create these structures. And you could even create structures that are insulated so that you could go into them during the snow. That's easily done. You can run electric. You can have a mini split system heater. You could put a wood stove in there. And that's just for structures. You've heard me rant on and on about having your own garden and being sustainable. And that's totally a wonderful possibility as well. Fruit trees. Um, if you're in the wind, you know, if you're in the main area, New York, citrus is not going to work for you unless you go down to the Florida end. But here um, we have a pretty unlimited um, amount of things that we could grow. Now that our winters are getting warmer, I think we can even start growing avocados. Imagine that. I love avocados. Anyway, think about all the possibilities and think about planning something new for the yard on a budget that you don't have to break the budget. In fact, if you want to do a vertical garden, use old pallets, wood pallets, take them apart. You could paint them. You could put posts behind them and screw the pallets horizontally down them and then use metal gutters drilled in the bottom and hook those on, run the drip up the back and through the pallets and you've got vertical gardens. There's a lot of wonderful ways that you could have a yard that looks straight out of a magazine, totally contemporary on a shoestring budget. So that's what I wanted to bring to you today, all by my lonesome, Roberta Walker. And I so thank you for listening to our podcast, which is Digging Deep. I hope I gave you some good ideas and we will be back next year, uh, next year, next week. Oh, I hope it's not next year, next week with Michael and I. So if you want to go to our website, again, go to diggingdeep.blueberry.net, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.net, and look up our earlier episodes. And uh, there might be something there on a different subject that you're interested in. So thank you again. I'm Roberta Walker. This is Digging Deep. Good luck and happy gardening.